0: Good evening, everyone. I just want to share with you some um, conversations I've had with people recently about Zen practice. And it also um, triggered off um, some memories of my own through <coughs> the years of doing Zen practice. But to, in one word, what I'm trying to describe. Through these uh, different conversations and information is that Zen practice is a process of unravelling and if you don't understand that it's a process of unravelling um, it could potentially disturb you in some way to, You know, make you feel anxious if you don't understand that process. But some of the things that um, people report to me um, during session... Um, and uh, people from other traditions who do retreats, is that what often comes up is that when people say that uh, when they do a retreat, they have uh, an influx of childhood memories that seem to come back to them. And they, they're kind of like strange. It's like, I hadn't thought of that for years, and it's not necessarily anything problematic or whatever, but just having this flood of childhood memories that come back. And people even tell me that um, people who've grown up in other countries where they speak another language, let's say, for example, like Germany or France, and they learnt that language there and then they come to Australia and have spoken English for the last, mostly for the last, you know, 30, 40 years or whatever, when they do a retreat, they find themselves thinking in French or in German. They're not actually thinking in English anymore. So some kind of regression back to an earlier state of being in the world. And I remember uh, Robert Aitken Roshi, um, one of my teachers, said that people quite frequently told him that when they do breath counting, and they did it in a retreat, they just automatically went back to counting in their original language whatever that might be. So there's some kind of... I don't want to use the word regression because it sounds like a negative thing, but there's some kind of re-experiencing of some more um, primary way of being in the world, you know, not just necessarily our experiencing it through our more conditioned and, and fixed identity that we have. And people also tell me about doing retreats and... If, say, for instance, they were fairly um, intellectual kind of people and had a, a very good um, skill of using concepts and understanding things, is that they, they come out of the retreat feeling like they're totally de-skilled and they don't know anything anymore. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and Or they don't know who they are anymore. Right? That's, that's the unravelling that takes place. I thought I was this kind of person and... That was my clear identity of who I am, and now, I'm, now I don't even know who I am anymore. And I don't know where I'm going in my life anymore, I don't know what my purpose in life is anymore. Now, if you said this to someone, they think, well, that wasn't a very good thing to do, was it, <laughs> doing a retreat? Um, you've lost your direction, lost your bearings, but if you understand the process, um, that is what happens. You do the practice long enough, particularly if you do retreats, and your sense of everything that you thought you knew in the world starts to sort of unravel. And what is actually happening in that process is that we're getting back to some more primary way of being in the world and perhaps um, touching base with a, a non-conceptual way of being in the world. Um, And that's just the primary um, groundless ground of being, if you want to put it that way. That's touching base with what we refer to as emptiness, the experience of emptiness in in Buddhism, which is not empty space, um, but it's a space in a sense that's empty of concepts that separate things out into this and that and purpose and meaning. And if we dwell in meditation long enough, We sit in that place and um, most human beings wouldn't realise it, but I think most human beings are running away from that place. It's a bit disconcerting, you know, that sense of no purpose, everything's just purposeless, everything's just transitory momentariness coming together and passing away in each moment. And who am I in all of that? And what is the reason why I'm here? Mm -hmm. They can be disconcerting questions to a human being. And I think think people fill their lives up with projects, you know, and drama and excitement and so on. Often, even though they don't realise it, they're running away from that, that sort of place inside of themselves, which we refer to as emptiness. Because when they go there, it's kind of disconcerting makes people feel uncomfortable and they want to just fill, it, fill the space up again with something. Um, but if you understand the process and you recognise in a sense that that's something that you've been scared of all your life, like being scared of death, and you're actually filling your life up to escape from it, then what we're actually doing in Zen practice, we're deliberately sitting in that place. That's what we're doing. We're, we're intentionally sitting in that place where there's no purpose. There's no concepts, um, there's no rationale. And if we sit there long enough, um, we, see, we actually experience it as something which is playful and connected and joyous and is a source of great great uh, uh, love, you know, and, and and connectedness in the broader sense with life. And then out of that we bring that back into our life in some way. Um, But if you don't, if you're not used to it, you know, and you don't understand that there can be fear involved in actually getting to that place, then you can often misconstrue what the practice is and people then think that um, there's something wrong with me or I've done something wrong or whatever. But if you understand that's what's happening, um, I find you... Describe that to people and describe it from your own experience, and I see people's anxiety drop quite dramatically, and they, they think, "Oh, I feel feel normal now," mm-hmm. uh, because this is what's expected. Someone who's been journeyed through the territory before and knows it for themselves can explain it to me what's actually going on, and uh, so that, that's that's what happens, and then. If you have experiences, particularly in retreats where um, you feel a bit sort of rudderless and purposeless and de skilled um, it 's not a bad thing because what happens is that you probably will you will get those skills back you know, there. those intellectual skills they'll come back again um, but they come back in a different way and you still have a purpose in your life or goals that you want to meet but you understand this background of playful, purposeless, empty experience and you're not running away from it anymore. It's more like the ground of your being that just enriches your life and that's what changes things. So the experiences you get even out of, you know, a period of meditation or or a retreat, there's something, you, you touch that ground and then what your challenge is is to integrate that with your everyday life again. Some people have, uh, some people don't integrate it. Some people have those experiences and they stay stuck there. But in all of the Zen teachings, you'll get warnings from all the Zen teachings going back from Japan through to China. Don't get stuck in the absolute. Don't get stuck in that non conceptual Peaceful, calm place. There, that's you've got to integrate that back into just the hurly-burly of everyday life again. Mm-hmm. And then, then the practice is really integrated and working in your life. It's not separate from it. But there are some of the challenges um, that come with practice. It's disconcerting at times, um, but if you if you stay with it and you stay with it, particularly where you're supported by a Sangha or a teacher rather than just doing it on your own, um, then you have, have a way of actually understanding it and working through it until you actually become grounded in not knowing, rather than grounded in knowing. And that's an entirely different experience.